And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the bodacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present a thrilling drama on Escape, starring Ben Wright from 1953. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named John must correctly answer more true or false trivia questions about Maya Rudolph than I. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to John. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Carl. Glad you made it on. I know you're calling from Portland. How are things doing over there? Uh, it's nice right now, but we're <laughs> about ready to have a 100-degree day. 100-degree day tomorrow? Uh, this, uh, Monday through Friday. Oh, ah, that's wow. right. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> you could crack a few eggs on the sidewalk and uh, make some... Fried eggs. It'll be good. <laughs> well, this uh, segment's about Maya Rudolph. She's having a 50th birthday on July 27th. So in her honor, we will do a little Maya Rudolph. John, we're going to start with you. It is either uh, true or false, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, um, John, Dionne Warwick is Maya Rudolph's aunt. Is that true or false? No, she's not her uncle. That is, a one. That is 100% true. Oh, he sounded very, very, very sure of that. I'm going to have to go with John on that. Um, I just made that up. So if that's true, <laughs> John, then I have a great imagination. It. John because, sold it. Um, Dionne Warwick is not Maya Rudolph's aunt, but I'll tell you what it is. Um, Maya Rudolph is the daughter of Minnie Ripperton. Do you know who that is? No. That's a, uh, she's a soul singer. Oh. So that's the only celebrity. John sold it, I know, though. John, I mean, you really? sounded pretty sure. <laughs> you know, you got to fake it until you make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So oh far, gosh. you guys are doing great. Yeah. Carl, after college, Maya Rudolph began her career with the improv comedy troupe Improv Asylum. True or false? Improv. Sounds like you couldn't have made that up. I'm going to say that's true. John? I'm going to take the high road and say the exact opposite of Carl. That's false. Very good, John. Ah, Thank you so much for following how you're supposed to. Um, It is not improv asylum. (laughs) (laughs) It is called the groundlings. That was her improv comedy troupe. Ah, So you were so close. So John's on the board. Well, you know, John and I are in cahoots here. So Mm. Um, John Maya debuted as a featured player on Saturday night live in 2000 on a show hosted by Tina Fey. Is that true or false? I'll say that is true. That's false. 
That is false. Yeah, that's uh, false. Because oh, they started did, around the same time, so well, Tina Fey couldn't have hosted She did it. debut as a feature player, but the host in 2000, but the host was John Goodman. All right, so here's so for John. I just made up the Tina Fey <sighs> Sorry, part. John. All right, but you guys are uh, <laughs> neck and neck here. We're tied up. We're tied up. <laughs> this is a game. Carl, Maya turned down her first opportunity to audition for Saturday Night Live because she was cast in City of Angels, the TV show. Mm, I'm going to say true. Okay. I'm going to say false. Darn it. (laughs) Darn it. It is absolutely true. Ah, here's for Carl. Here's for John. We we got this one, John. Wait, am I up? No, I'm up by one. one. I'm up by one. No, no, no. We're going to take care of that. John, Maya sang the song, What a Feeling, from Flashdance, live on Saturday Night Live with Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm going to say against every conviction in my body that that is false. I think it's true. I think it's true. Oh, John, we're not in sync. Oh, <laughs> maybe you need Darn to it. It is true. be washing it is in a true. sink, Lisa. Because... Washing in a sink? What? <laughs> what does that mean, Carl? You said sink, and I'm thinking, I know, but that doesn't wash make sense. your hands and toes and everything Carl, in a sink. Nothing about you just said makes sense. All right. Okay. So did I get that right? You did. And John? Oh, John. We have John. one more question. Oh, wait a minute. That means... I yeah. cannot lose. That's true. I like it when I cannot lose. Oh, but, you know. Carl. <laughs> yes. Maya Rudolph was pregnant. True. False. True. Doesn't matter. Can't lose. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Let's play. During the filming All right, of... what? Start All right. over. Oh, you're so excited you couldn't even hear me. Yeah. Maya Rudolph was pregnant during the filming of Bridesmaids with her third child, Jack. <sighs> I think she was pregnant, but uh, you probably threw a bunch of other little tricks in there. But I'm going to still say true. Okay. Well, I can't win, so I'll say false. Darn it. (laughs) Darn it. That is absolutely true. It was her third child, Jack, and she was definitely, she was very pregnant (laughs) during the filming. I don't know how they covered that up so well, but they did. But but the most important thing is, that's for me, and that's for John. But you know what, John? It doesn't matter, John. John, you have to call back. We have to try this again, okay? John, what happened? What happened there, John? Um, but you know what, John? I'm going to send you a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. You're, you are going to still be a winner because you're going to get that. <laughs> and, and we had uh, fun. <laughs> and put some sunscreen on out there, would you, John? Absolutely. Thank All you very right, much. my friend. Bye, Thanks John. a lot. Appreciate you. Bye. Call back again, John. All right, when we come back, it is a broadcast of Escape. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Escape, one of the greatest series from the golden age of radio. And you know, Escape, Lisa, was on CBS Network. And um, because of the popularity of Suspense, which had started earlier, Suspense started in 1942... Escape started in 1947. They were like, okay, we have this terrific show, Suspense, and it's all about mystery and horror. Why don't we create a similar show but make it about mystery and adventure, high adventure? We'll call that one, you know, the greatest high adventure series. So it was very similar to Suspense. But you know what the one difference was? 
It did not have the big celebrity movie stars on every broadcast. Every once in a while, a Vincent Price or someone like that would appear on Escape. But for the most part, it was just like the greatest supporting actors. You know, William Conrad, Paul Fries, Frank Lovejoy. Those actors starred in Escape. So it didn't have as big a budget as Suspense. But as far as that, as far as anything other than that, it was like equal in the production values had great writing great producers directors they had a full orchestra you know so it was um a a really terrific program and it lasted all the way to 1954 so it was seven seasons on the air and we have a terrific episode for you right now and it stars ben wright in this show it's called a sleeping drought from april 5th 1953 here's part one now of escape Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. alone on the deck of a stinking convict ship, becalmed in a yellow fog, while somewhere in the dark below you, free from the cells that held them, is a deadly band of murderers seeking out your life. Listen now as Escape brings you Weston Martyr's exciting story, A Sleeping Draft. That helps. But it's like I say. You can't forget. You can never forget. Yet it's at night that you think about it. With the water outside rushing past the hull. That's when you think. And it can never be the same. You can't trust anybody. Never. Not a soul. I can tell you, you just can't trust them. Not even yourself. What is it, mister? Uh, Mr. Finch says he's ready to board, sir. Oh, he is, eh? All right, well, I'm not stopping him. Uh, sir, hmm? he insists on bringing them aboard one at a time. What? Does he think I'm going to miss the tide? There's over 400 of them. It'll take hours. That's what I said, sir, but he... Mr. Finch, come aboard if you please. I'm sorry, sir. I should have resigned, stinking, filthy, poor devil cargo. Duh. Everything I cook, Captain? 
No, everything is not our cockalorum. What in blazes do you mean ordering my mate about? No offense intended, none taken, I hope. I want those scurvy wretches aboard now. All of them. You put them below and we'll weigh anchor. One at a time, sir. One at a time. We've got to search them. Why didn't you do that before you took them out of jail? <laughs> You'd be surprised what those swine can pick up between jail and the docks, Captain. We've got to search them one at a time, and that's a fact. They're murdering devils, every last one of them. Convicts came aboard one by one. I watched them. They were going from London to a land they'd never seen. A colony had bought them. Australia. 400. The sweepings and scrapings sorted out from the muck of the jails, with Finch in charge of them. Oh, I've carried dirty cargoes. Dye wood, for instance, crawling with scorpions and spiders, not to mention snakes. Then there's cattle. But this... Weeks and months at sea with a human cargo who'd as soon cut your throat as spit. And what made it worse was I felt sorry for the poor beggars. I watched them come aboard until there were two left. Name? Wilkes. Search him. Hey, take your bleeding hands off of me. I ain't got nothing. Ain't you stole me last morning? Search your That's enough, Finch. I won't have the cat used on my ship. They'll get enough of it where they're going. You're a trusting soul, you are, Captain. Ah, how would you like that between your ribs? A touch of the cat's a lot better than letting this swine bring a knife aboard. Take them below! I don't know how they do it. Swelp me, I don't. You've got to watch them for knives. Next! Right. Ooh, here's a terror. Look at the size of him. Dangerous swine. Three murders in Australia. Escaped. He's in for it when he gets back. Name? Abbey. Jonathan Abbey. Abbey? Well, well, a gentleman in chains. I am sorry, Your Worship. Forgive us for daring to lay hands on Your Highness. I'm sure as how you've been wrongly accused. That's enough, Finch. Search him and take him below. I want Mr. Jonathan Abbey shackled. He's a prize. We mustn't let anything happen to him. From the day we left London docks, I'd taken a violent dislike to Finch. He seemed to be happiest when he was laying about him with his cat on the convicts herded like sheep below decks. He kept them quiet enough. But one night I decided to have it out with him in my cabin. I made it strong, I can tell you, so that even he could understand what I meant. You all finished, Captain? All right, you hear me out. They're a bad lot. 400 of them all bound for Australia and they don't want to go. You follow me? There's that bloke, Abby. As soon as we touch Sydney, the game's up for him. They'll hang him, sure. That does not mean that you have the right to make life even worse for them here. Oh, no. If I don't, where do you think we'll be? What would you do if you were down there? I'll tell you. Get hold of this ship. That's what you're doing. It'll be easy. They're locked in and we've got a guard. Ah, you don't know them like I do. Yeah, there's another thing. When I searched them, there was one to five sovereigns stowed away on every man. Earned or stolen. That'll come to over a thousand pounds by my figures. They're entitled to that money. It's little enough to take to a wild country. It's true, but there's them down there what would slit the gullet of any man for a shilling. <laughs> you asked me to dainty with them. Ah! That's the way he talked to me. And I can tell you I didn't feel easy anymore. 
I did something I hadn't done for a long time. Brought two pistols out from ship's stores and kept them under my pillow. It was when we got around the horn that the first convict died from scurvy. We had to put him over the side, of course, and there was a lot of grousing. I went down to the hold with Finch. It was hot and stinking. Now, you let me talk to him, Captain. I'll put it to rights. You tell him it couldn't be helped. Don't you mind. I'll tell him. Oi! Here comes old bloody pot. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Finch. Did you steal the clothes off the poor beggar's back before you threw him in? Men! Men! We ain't men, dearie. We're dogs, or haven't you heard? Why didn't you wait to bury poor old Smithy in the ground instead of chucking him in the sea? All right! All right! All right! We've got another two or three weeks before we reach land. I'll make a bargain with you. The next one that dies, now it's getting nice and hot. I'll leave him down here. And you can take care of him and mourn him until we get to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? Half a crown, you don't keep him for three days. That's old bloody pot, always a nose for business. (laughs) (laughs) If you ain't satisfied with that, I'll see that hatch is closed down tight for the rest of the voyage. And you can boil for all of me. That seemed to settle it for a time. I began to see that in spite of Finch's hardness with them, the prisoners knew he was master and behaved themselves. That is, most of them did. But there were others. And that's what began the trouble. We were two days out of the Cook Islands when it happened. Yes? Captain, there's a man on deck. We brought him up from below. It's it's Uh, horrible. What happened? One of the convicts, sir. Oh, fight, eh? Yes, sir. Here we are, Captain. Mr. Darling ain't much of a surgeon, I must say. Oh, I did what I could. He must have been dead before we got him up here. He's... He's been cut to pieces. Not half, he ain't. How did it happen? Oh, I heard him shouting. When I went down the hole, there he was, propped up like against the bars. With his arms through, holding him up. Poor devil. Who, <laughs> him? Nah, he's dead. There's others in for it, though. What do you mean? How do you think he got cut up like that? Knives, Captain. Knives! But you soaked them before they boarded. I did, and it's truth, I don't know how they done it. Small knives, Captain. Small knives. And we're getting close to Australia, that's what it is. Whoever's got them knives is after money. The thousand quid or more what's on this cursed ship. I don't see... You're a trusting soul, you are, Captain. Maybe there's a dozen of them, maybe twenty with knives. Follow me? They'll run the others and rob them blind. Old sovereign captain, you didn't forget, did you? If anybody objects, <coughs> cut him up in small pieces like this one. We've got to go down there and put a stop to it. <laughs> yes, I don't think. How many guns you got aboard? Well, two pistols and four muskets. That's a fat lot of good. Well, must take the sweep with us, sir. We can try. There's no harm in that. Mark my words, Captain, before we get to Sydney, all of us will probably have our throats cut. Come on. All right, I'm confused because 
I uh, said that the title of this show is A Sleeping Drought because it is spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Now, that's on every log. That's on every escape log. It's called, it's spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T, and that's drought, right? A sleeping drought. Well, that's how you spell the word drought, and he said draft. Draft. He said, this is called, the announcer said, a sleeping draft. So I'm, I'm interested to see at the end... What right. so if it's you know, a mispronunciation maybe he or just, a misspelling. Maybe he right. said it wrong. I don't know. Ooh, maybe a radio rarity. There maybe you go. A, yeah, Mike. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> you know, Carl Shadow is listening, so he'd know the answer. All right, well, we'll sit tight. <laughs> he's a, a genius. He's a, he's a genius <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. But anyway, we're listening to Escape. It's from April 5th, 1953. I think it's called A Sleeping Drought. And this uh, stars uh, Ben Wright, along with a lot of other big actors in this as well. I hope you're enjoying it. And speaking of Carl Shadow, he's one of the writers of our... um, our, um, Radio Rarities Well, no, not that. Our newsletter. Oh, our newsletter. Yeah, our newsletter. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, folks, what are you waiting for? It's free. You'll know exactly what we're airing each and every week here. It's all kinds of great articles and uh, there's also specials on things and just uh, keep you up to date on what's happening with your Hollywood 360 team here. So sign up for the free newsletter. You'll get it every first of the month. It's uh, emailed right to you. There's no charge. Go to Hollywood360Radio.com at the very top of our website. There's a way to sign up for our newsletter. Sign up. It's free. I like free. Do you? Free's good. I thought you liked to pay for stuff. Well, <laughs> I'd rather have it free. But, Would you know, you? most things that are free are not very good. Well, the newsletter is. There are some free. things free that are great. Yeah. You think right. about that. <laughs> we'll be right back. Stick around. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know, I say this all the time, Lisa. I say our listeners, and we're, you know, we have listeners all over the globe. Our listeners are the smartest listeners in radio. They knew, I mean, we have been being deluged. Is that the word? They, we have been deluged, deluged <laughs> with uh, texts and emails that the, uh, what, the British way yeah, to spell? Yeah, it says in Middle English. Okay. Um, draft is, um, spelled. you can spell it D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Okay. So since this is a 
it's uh, it's set in England or right. Britain or somewhere. Right, and that's exactly why. So here, um, D-R-A-U-G-H-T would be drought, but there it's pronounced draft. Okay, so, so, so um, we're... I assume the announcer is pronouncing correctly. Yeah, but it's part. spelled right. D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Right, this is the British uh, pronunciation. But it's called... So we've all learned something. A sleeping draft. There you go. Aha. That actually makes no Aha. sense. It's not like a sleeping drought makes no sense, It's actually. like a... It's like, um, what's, is there any other words like that? Probably, right? Probably, but I don't know them. You know, it's like Smythe and Smith, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's, like that. <laughs> it's not? No. It's not like Smythe and Smith? No. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Ben Wright starring in this. But thank you to all our listeners yeah. for the information. Smart as, we did smarter, a little uh, research on our own. A lot smarter than me, that's for sure. April 5th, 1953 episode of a sleeping draft spelled like <laughs> drought on escape. Finch and I with two seamen armed ourselves and went down into the hold and stood outside the bars. The men inside were quiet, very quiet. They just looked at us, dark like. You men! I'll talk to them. Now you listen to me. We know some of you are carrying knives. And I want you to throw them out here. Nothing further will be said about it if you do as I say. Well? Oh, oh, Captain, my porridge wasn't hot enough this morning. And please, sir, can I have sugar in it tomorrow? (laughs) That ain't the way to talk to this gun. Uh, Captain, the gentleman, I'm not... You know me, don't you? We know you all right. You, Abby. You listen to me. I'm giving you until morning to throw them knives out of here. Till morning. If every blasted one ain't out of your dirty hands, I'm going to have you flogged, every ruddy one of you. Fifty lashes. Do you hear that, Mr. Abby? I'll think about it. (laughs) Till morning. (laughs) Then fifty lashes. You think about that, Mr. Abbey! Good morning, Captain dear, and Mr. Finch. You filthy scum, where's them knives? Where they do the most good. All right. I've given you a chance. I've played fair. And Mr. Finch, sir. May I, uh, may I have a word with you? Oh, come back to your senses, have you? Now, bend close to the bars, because uh, what i got to say, i got to whisper. Well, what is it? What is it? Well, now, it goes like this here. Well, <laughs> 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 that's an hundred lashes, Wilkes. I'll take you first and handle the cat myself. Oh, no, sir. Uh, why not take him first? He won't feel it like I will. The crowd of men parted suddenly, and from out of them was pushed what had once been a man. It fell against the bars, and then no longer with the support of living arms, it slid to the deck. We looked at him, Finch and me. His life had been worth a sovereign, maybe two. He hadn't either now. And the knives were still in the old, with them that had killed him.
As I sees it, we've got to have a council of war in a manner of speaking. I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Finch. There'll be no flogging. I can see you're sharper, you are. Now, that's right. Too dangerous. We ain't armed for it. We're in a nasty mood. We've got to be crafty, same as them. I wish we could spill the old lot of them overboard. And lose your contract for carrying them? <laughs> Not bloody likely. Here, listen here. I'll get them knives. How? It's Abby behind this. He tells them what's what. Get him out and the others will come around. Mark my words. Are you going into the old? Not yet. Wouldn't go in there. See? After we cut off their water and food, feel the hatch, you see what happens. They die. They'll die from knives then. Which do you want? They'll be begging you to take their ruddy knives in three days. And if they don't? We'll tell them to hand over Abby to us. That he's the one to blame for their misfortunes. They'll do it. All right. If that's the only way, I'll give the order. But not just yet, Captain. We'll let them sit down there and wonder. They wonder what we're going to do about them. Some of them may get nervous. We'll let them wonder a bit. I didn't see Finch the rest of the day. The barometer had fallen suddenly, and with it came a storm. I can tell you I had me hands full for the next 24 hours. There was no time to worry about what was going on in the old of the ship, but I didn't think they'd have much stomach for knifing each other and killing. Next morning at breakfast, he didn't turn up at all. We searched the old ship, and then I went down into the hold. And that's where he was. And he hadn't died quickly. Someone had held him against the bars, and the others had... He hadn't died quickly. Present for you, Captain. Who did this? Who did it? I wouldn't waste sleep mourning him, Captain. He was a bully and no better than us, except that he was outside. Abby! Well, I thought you were shackled. Yes, I was, but Mr. Finch kindly supplied the key to unfasten me. You're going to pay for this. All of you. Where are those knives? In here, Captain. Want to come in and get them? <laughs> You'll pay for this! You're repeating yourself, Captain. Good morning. Blasted convict had dismissed me like I was a clerk in an office. There wasn't anything I could do about it. With Finch out of the way, they knew I was an easy mark. It was the nights that got on my nerves. I could hear things happening, lots of things. And it was awful. Those devils with the knives. And each morning, we'd have to pull out six or a dozen, all cut about and bleeding. Most of them died. But those with the knives were getting money, money they sold from the victims. I began to be afraid of me crewmen, that one would take a bribe and let that murdering crowd out. I walked around with two pistols in my jacket all the time. And then, late one afternoon, something very bad happened. I was standing by the wheel. Captain! Captain! Here, Boson! He got out, sir! Got out? Who? Who? The big one, Abby. Two of us were standing guard. We heard a scream. It was Abby. Said he'd been stabbed. Benson opened the grill to get in, and Abby bashed him on the head and bolted. What about the others? I got the girl toes in time. They're safe enough. He must be somewhere on the ship, sir, unless he went overboard. Not that one. He's up to mischief. Here, take one of my pistols, mister. Aye, sir. And pass out the muskets. I want every inch of the ship searched. If he puts up a fight, shoot him. Do you hear me? Shoot him. The night comes quickly in southern parts. Did you ever try to search a ship at night with lanterns? It's not easy. There are too many shadows, too many sounds which could be rats, 
or a murderer who's bigger than what you are and could choke your life out in half a minute. We couldn't find him, but he was somewhere aboard waiting his time. Because we were short-handed, what with the crew searching and all, I stood a watch. And I thought about that man whom Finch said had committed three murders in Australia. Don't turn around, <laughs> Captain. It's only a little knife, but don't move. What do you want? A talk? I've nothing to say to the likes of you, Abby. That may be, but I have an offer to make you. You know what I'm... You know what I'm in for when we reach Sydney? Finch told me. I've no pity for you, Abby. I'm not asking for pity. I have an offer to make. The men below are planning to take the ship. I don't think they've got a chance, but they'll be killing. Those that have got the knives have got all the money, too. It's 1,200 pounds. I'm aware of that, mister. I can get the knives for you. Huh? All I want is a chance to get away before the ship docks. How do I know it's not a trick? Turn around, Captain. Yeah. My knife. Will that convince you? You must have a pistol. You can shoot me if you want. What makes you think you can get the knives away from them, Abby? I can. That's all you need to know. I, uh, I couldn't help you openly. You know that. You're put aboard as a murderer. You're in my charge. And it's my job to turn you over to the police as soon as we arrive. Then... If you could get the knives, though, I might be able to give you a chance to clear out. That's all I want. The chance. All right. I must have a pistol. What? A pistol. You take me for a fool? No, it's the only way to get the knives. I give you this pistol, you shoot me down. Not likely. If I'd wanted to do that, Captain, I'd have cut your throat two minutes ago. You're a murderer. I know. You can't have it. Then it's either them or your ship and probably your life. Well? You talk like a gentleman, Mr. Abbey, but suppose you want my pistol so as you can free them. You just have to trust me, as I'd trust you to give me a chance to get away. Oh. Here, take it. What about the guards below? They'll shoot. I'll take you down. I'll say I caught you. How, uh, how do I get out again when I've got the knives? You send word that you want to see me. All right. Captain, I'm trusting you now. I want that chance to get away. We'll talk about it if you get the knives. Come on, I'll take you below now and you come back tomorrow. Keep your voice low, Captain. They think I'm tricking you into making a bargain. They think I stole the pistol. I told them I had to have the knives to make you believe that we wouldn't make trouble. I said we'd take over the ship tonight. What do you want me to do? Leave me the key to the grill. I'll slip out tonight and bring you the knives. Well, they'll want you to let them out, too. I won't. I'll lock it. How do I know you will? You don't. You will have to trust me, Captain. Did they know about this plan? All except for the fact that I'm going to lock them in once I'm out. Give me the knives now. No. They'd know something was wrong. I'd never get out alive. Give me the key. All right, Abby. Here. Tonight. 
I waited. And I can tell you I didn't like it. The wind came up a bit and I knew that before sunrise we'd be in Sydney. That is, if I could trust a murderer. At ten o'clock that night, there was a rap on my cabin door. One of your crew nearly caught me coming down here. And I've kept my side of the bargain. The knives are all there. No, you needn't worry. Here's your pistol. You may need it. Thanks. Now, how do I get away? We'll be in port in about six hours, if the wind holds. You stay aft in the longboat. When you hear the anchor go, drop over the side and swim for it. I'll try to anchor as close to land as possible before I take her in. I can land without being seen. I've got some friends who'll hide me. I don't want to know about it. You just remember, when the anchor lets go, that's your signal. Thank you, Captain. I trust you and I'd like to shake hands with you. I took the hand of the murderer and we shook hands like old friends. And then he was gone. Two hours later, the wind went down, and in its place came fog, thick, mucky fog. I had my hands full, what with danger from other ships and the blasted current that knocks you about off the harbour entrance. By three o'clock, the fog had shut in properly, and the blissed tide ran us all over the place. But proper dangerous, I can tell you. We were about 15 miles offshore, and I didn't like the look of things. There's shoals there about, and so I sent the mate for it to heave the lead. I got a proper start when I heard him sing out, By the deep fog. We'd got off course right enough, and at this rate, we'd shear the bottom clean off her. I saw it was high time to bring the ship up and wait until we could see something. Let go the anchor! Let go the anchor! Give her 35 fathoms to the water's edge, boatswain. Aye, sir! None too soon, sir. She was shoaling fast. Blasted current must have been making five knots out to sea. Listen to her. She's holding, sir. The anchor. I forgot. The anchor. Abby! 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 I went to the longboat. It was empty. He's heard the signal as the anchor paid out. He couldn't see in the fog and had gone overboard into a five-knot tide running straight out to sea, 15 miles from shore. He trusted me. And that's why I tell you, you shouldn't trust anybody. Sometimes it's... Hours sleeping at night. When you hear the water outside and you think... That's when it's hard to sleep. Under the direction of Anthony Ellis, Escape has brought you a sleeping draft by Weston Martyr, adapted by S.A. Bolt, and starring Ben Wright. Featured in the cast were John Dodsworth, Richard Peel, Charlie Lung, Alec Harford, and Eric Snowden. The special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. 
next week. You are traveling east on a cross-country bus, while among your fellow passengers, seemingly innocent and friendly, are a man and a woman who plan to destroy you. You and a hundred and fifty million of your countrymen. So listen next week when Escape brings you Anthony Ellis' exciting story, The Biggest Secret in the World. An auto race around the world. Impossible, you say? Well, it really happened in 1908. And tomorrow night, hear Van Johnson star in Around the World, the exciting suspense story of this unbelievable auto race. Van Johnson will be heard with the rest of Suspense's cast, direct from the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, where an annual automobile show is taking place. Suspense's production tomorrow night will be a part of the auto show. Don't miss it over most of these same CBS radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking. America now rides to the tune of 25 million auto radios and listens most to the CBS radio network. All right, that is Escape with a sleeping draft. Spelled D R A U G H T. Um, so I uh, I learned something, uh, Lisa. Right, and they you know they sort of bring out the A U like a draft. draft. So if it's draft. if it's drought means draft, then what does it mean when there's no a rain? Coming well, a drought down? doesn't mean draft. It just spelled that way. I don't know. It's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, when I was directing, uh, you know, when I was directing uh, Helena Bonham Carter in uh, a production that I recently did, and there were some words in the script, she said them quite differently right. than they were in this. Like, um, I think like um, one of the things was like here, uh, like uh, I, I can't remember. I just can't remember. Right. What the, but there was words and then she was saying it one way and I was like, well, wait a minute. Are you sure, Helena, that it should be that way? She's like, well, yes, that's how we say it, you know? And I'm like, I didn't want to argue with Helena Bonham Carter, right? She's probably right. So I'm sure she was right. But she's like, oh, no, here in England, we say it this way, you right. know? And so I was like, okay, let's do it that way then. But I did ask her for a safety. I asked her to do it the other way, too, because just to be sure. I just want to make sure I had it both ways. But, yeah, there's there's certain words in... <laughs> across the pond that they say way different. I just didn't realize drought, D-R-A-U-G-H-T, was pronounced draft uh, over there. Very interesting. Hope you enjoyed that um, escape episode. And uh, the star there, Ben Wright, and he did a great English accent. He was not English. He was an American actor. In fact, he was... Hey boy, on. it was hey boy. It's a little different. <laughs> he did all these different dialects. You know, he was a very, um, you know, voice actor. he really, really mm-hmm. was. Other great actors in this: William Conrad, Charlie Lung. Um, Escape. Hope you enjoyed it. 
from April 5th, 1953. Time now for this month in music history. All right, we are going back to 1998. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you Didn't out we used to play this? Yes, this used, to be our, this used to be our closing, closing song. Theme, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did. We don't do that anymore. Anyhow, this is called Closing Time by Semisonic. It was released in uh, 98 from their album Feeling Strangely Fine. And it was featured in a movie called Friends with Benefits. It was also on an episode of The Office. Was it? Mm-hmm. Which makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. It is. Can't you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, that's right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. All right, Lisa. Thank All right. you. Got it. When we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a detective episode of The Falcon starring Les Damon from 1950. But first, uh, we'll need a Hollywood 360 listener contestant to play Name That Tune with us. Right, Lisa? That's exactly right. The theme of the night is classic songs. These are all classic rock songs. You're into classic it's this that week. Kind of, I that's mean... our theme of the evening. So give us a call if you'd like to play the game. 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller number 13. All right, that's all in our next hour. We'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 